Thanks, Emily. Hey, good morning. Um, I'm Matt Avery. I'm the pastor here at Midtown West, and glad y'all are here. Uh, who's reading our passage this morning? Come on up, Meg. So we're going we're gonna to be in Acts chapter 6, uh, 1 through 7. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will, not, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And when they said, please, the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we uh, come into your presence this morning uh, from a lot of different places, and our hearts are in a lot of different spots. Lord, some of us are full of anxiety, some of us are lonely, some of us are um, angry, some of us are really pleased with everything and uh, maybe not even paying attention to you. Um, but Lord, we are, we're hungry, whether we know it or not. Lord, we are so desperate for you. Our souls are so desperate for you. And uh, you, you bring us to this place because you love us. And as Tom said in the call to worship, you, you have brought us to give us good gifts. And so, Lord, we thank you that you do that. And we thank you that you promised to, to use your word in our lives in such a way your spirit would take it and uh, work your transformation in us to continue to set us free, which is uh, what you were doing, Lord. And uh, you're using us um, to go out into this world and to uh, be vessels for you and to, to um, bring you to people who are lost and hurting. And Lord, we're, we're lost and hurting too. And uh, Lord, so we just, we submit ourselves to you. We say that we don't know, but you know. And that uh, we are weak, but you are in us and you are strong and you are so faithful and you love us so deeply. And so Lord, with those truths with those ears, would we be open? Would you open us um, to hear and receive from you right now from your word? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you, uh, if you haven't been with us, we're going through a series of the book of Acts, and this is the beginning of the church. This is, the, this is it. I mean, this is what we're doing right here. The church is birthed here, and so we're looking back at the, the beginning of this movement after Jesus' um, death and resurrection and how he's working in the world now through his Holy Spirit and through his word and through his people. And something that I've encouraged us here to do and think about is um, the just to, to think about your engagement with the church as uh, like being on an exploring board, that you're being here for this three months from now till Christmas as we go through this series. And no matter what your background is, no matter what your experience is, that you would um, lean in and hear from the source of what this is supposed to be. And, uh, and then at the end of those three months, you are free. 
Um, you are free to leave Midtown West. You're free to not follow Jesus. Um, and as weird as it sounds to say that from up front, um, it's a really important thing for you to know and live in that freedom because um, you are an adult and you have agency. And no matter what your bad tapes are, no matter what experiences you've had in the past, um, the Lord is wanting to talk to you about what truly is and not what you feel like or what you remember. Um, and so as I've encouraged us uh, a lot of weeks up here in this series, um, whatever you do, please don't do the one thing that we cannot do, we just cannot afford to do, which is to just smile and nod and let this wash over you and not engage with it. Um, it, it it's much better to lean in and then run away than to sit here and let none of this affect you at all. And so um, today we are, if I'm honest, when I saw what the passage was this week, I was like, boring. It was like the point in the meeting where someone's like, okay, and now we're gonna take care of some housekeeping things. You're like, okay, I'm falling asleep. Um, but as always, the Lord is, is very kind. And as, as he's drawn me in this week, um, he's had a, a lot for me. And so even if it's just for me and you guys get to hear me working out my own stuff, then that's great for me. Um, but but I don't think that's gonna be the case. Um, I know that he's got something for you and for us in this. But the reason, the reason I say that is um, this is a, you, we're just getting a window in, like a little microcosm into the, the functioning of this body. Like what happens when there's an issue? How do we handle it? Um, and really what we're talking about though is, is so much deeper than that. Uh, you know, we're living in a time where there's this pervasive lie, it's kind of this twin lie that we can do it all, that you and I are capable of mastering all these different areas of life and uh, we can do it all, but there's also this, this other thing that goes along with it is that we must do it all. Uh, that that's what it is to be successful, that's what it is to be you know, hashtag winning, is that uh, I've gotta be a master of everything and I've gotta be killing it or crushing it in every area of my life. Um, and we see here that this is one of the ways that the enemy works within this body. Um, because remember, this is, the, this is God's plan A for the world, is, is his people, the church. And so there is, if you don't know, there's an enemy who is opposing this work and he tries uh, in many, many different ways from within and from without to uh, fight against and destroy the work of the Lord and through his people. And one of the ways that he does that is through distraction. And so that's, that's kind of what we're looking at here is, you know, it, it, I don't know where you've come from and what your experience has been with church, uh, the church, but um, church can manifest in a lot of different ways that um, frankly is, is not really healthy or true to what, what Jesus is calling into. The church can be a cruise ship where we just entertain and make everybody happy. The church can be a lecture hall where we just intellectually learn about scripture and about theology, um, but it doesn't really work itself out into our lives. And, and the church can be a pressure cooker. Uh, where there's just always twisting your arm to serve more, give more, do more, all of that stuff. And the enemy loves all of that because none of that is the way that Jesus is wanting to lead us um, into his mission uh, and his, his will for us. And so um, here, as we jump into this passage, um, he is leading us to freedom. He is, he is calling each one of us and us collectively to embrace our limits and to really figure out 
our callings um, so that we can have freedom and follow him in freedom. He is, he's come to set us free, and, and so certainly that's gonna play itself out uh, in the way that he leads us. So um, here it says, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by against the Hebrews, um, the Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews, and, and the Hebrews spoke Aramaic. And so there were these, these different groups within the same body uh, that spoke different languages, and there was this daily distribution um, among the widows. So there were the widows who, who didn't have enough money to take care of themselves. It was widows who didn't have family members who could take care of them. And so they were dependent upon the community. And so there was this daily distribution of food to the widows. And the, the Greek-speaking uh, followers of Jesus were complaining and they were making some noise and saying, hey, hey, this is not right. Our, our widows, the, the Greek-speaking widows are getting neglected um, in the daily distribution. And so I was reading through uh, some commentaries and you know, this is a justice issue, but it, it, what was happening was probably not like when we think about like racism in America or, or anything like that. It was probably just what's comfortable and what's familiar. They spoke a different language. And so if all the people were, uh, who were handling the daily distribution or maybe there just was a lack of people handling the daily distribution, um, it's, you know, you're gonna sort of veer toward the people that you were comfortable with the people who speak the same language. And so somebody raised their hand and said, hey, we've got an issue here in the church. We've got all these women who uh, need the the same food, uh, same food needs, but they're not getting the same food needs. And so that word neglected is um, failure to pay sufficient attention to someone. But I don't want us to miss this because there's so many lessons here for us like as we grow together. Um, One, there's growing pains. And, and we're a growing community, and so we are going to experience growing pains together. Um, and there was, there was complaining against another. And so just want to pause and say, how, how do we, how will we handle issues uh, that come up in this body? Like when you feel like there's a, a serious issue that's facing us, that there's something being neglected or someone being neglected, how do you handle that? Because as we say a lot, like however you individually handle that is how we're gonna handle that collectively because this is just a community of people. This is not like uh, some magical institution that we're gathered around that would still exist if we weren't here. Like this is us, like this congregation is the men and women of God and his spirit that he's called together to this specific place. And so how we engage individually is how we're gonna engage and how this is gonna work itself out in our body. So how do we handle issues like this? Um, do, we, do we sit on them? Do we complain about them? Do we, um, do we take them in love and faith? Our collective answer to Herman, I think like I'm going out here. Is this? I don't know. You may hit the mic or. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, our collective answer to this question is going to determine the 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 life and health of this body. So um, the apostles respond to this. And they say, 
maybe surprisingly, it's not right. It's not right that we should give up or neglect the preaching of the word of God to serve tables. And there's a way to, to hear that and um, think that they're being really derogatory. Like, we're not gonna give up um, preaching the word of God to just like serve food. Um, but that phrase, serve tables, is there's actually tables, like financial tables um, and food tables. And so this is about, um, they're just saying, this is not our calling. Like, it's not right for us to give our attention to this because this is not what we've been called to. This is important. Like, we need to handle it. But it's not what, we've, what we individually have been called to. But our community, we need to handle it together. And so what they're saying is there is a need for someone to serve tables. There is a need for someone that has the gifts of administration and leadership and, and finance know-how um, to work in this way to meet this need in our community but um, essentially what they're saying is it's not right that we neglect that we not pay enough uh, sufficient attention to preaching the word to meet the needs of neglected widows like whoa what really and again, why, why not? Why, why did they say this is not right for us to do this? Because they're embracing two really important things, calling and limits. Um, what am I called to? And am I living within my limits? Because there's only so much heart space. There's only so much head space. There's only so much time. There's only so much energy. We are limited. And this is the enemy's tactic to, uh, one of his many tactics is to distract us. And in Luke 8, Jesus is telling uh, this parable about how the word of God goes out and lands on different people's hearts like different kinds of soil. And, and uh, one of the things he says is that um, some people, it's like it, it lands and starts to grow and produce fruit, but then these weeds and thorns choke it out. And when he explains what he's talking about, it says, um, the word of God came to some people who, as they go their way and live their life, are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit doesn't mature. And, and you know, we could talk about being, being distracted by riches and, and pleasures um, another time, but it also says that, that it, the, the gospel was choked out in their lives by the cares like the anxieties, like the worries, like the real issues, like these are real things that need to be addressed, but it's the way that I think about them, it's the way that I address them. Um, and so one thing I want us to see is the apostles were not reacting out of fear. Um, when this complaint comes to them, um, they weren't thinking about optics and outcomes. They weren't like, oh man, if we get this wrong, then people are gonna leave or uh, what's everybody going to say about us? And they weren't reacting out of pride, like we have to do it all. But they submitted themselves to Jesus in embracing both their calling and their limits. Um, you know, this was really, really convicting for me this week because I, I respond out of fear and pride a lot to these things. Um, I do feel like I have to do it all. I do worry, like if we don't handle something well or we don't address something well, or if a need comes up or a complaint comes up or whatever, um, how is that gonna go? How's that gonna be perceived? And what if people leave? And what if this goes very poorly? And all the what ifs. 
Um, one example of that was um, back when the, the George Floyd case and, and all the racial issues were on the, like, the front and center. Um, we had kind of this, an illustration of both the pride and fear and the distraction at work uh, within me and then within our people. Um, some people reached out. We, we had, when, when all of this went down, um, this was back when we were still recording sermons before Sunday because it was during COVID. And um, Midtown had already recorded their sermon and then all this stuff happens. And so on Sunday morning, there wasn't anything specifically addressing the, the George Floyd stuff because it had already been recorded. Okay, and so uh, we had some people reach out and I think in a healthy way, uh, who were like, hey, I just am curious, like, why we didn't say anything? Like, I'd love to, to talk about that. And like, how is Midtown leadership thinking about all this and leading our people into this? Um, but then we got some emails that were very unhealthy. And just immediately, without any questions, without any wanting to hear about kind of what is happening from our end of things, just scathing, just I can't believe you, I can't believe this church, I can't be a part of this, you know, we're not gonna speak to this, and just on and on and on and on and on. And I was like, whoa. Just the fear and pride of I know, and the fear of I'm scared, because I don't wanna be associated with, with somebody that gets caught on the outside, that gets caught holding the bag and not having the right opinion. Um, and then the pride and fear in me, my first response was not like, okay, what, Lord, what do you want us to do? My first response internally was, what can I say or do to save face? Because I'm afraid. And, and he talked to me a lot about that. But um, it's, it's the things are going to come up. Issues are going to come up. And it's the work of the enemy to get in and, and pride and fear and selfishness um, just wreak havoc in a community. And I don't know that we've actually, in our young life of Midtown West, I don't know that we've actually faced that yet, but it would be foolish to think that that day is not coming. That there's gonna be some issue that a big percentage of us fall maybe on different sides of, and how are we gonna handle that? And so, you know, the question, what do we do in these situations? What do we do when there's a complaint that arises and there's a serious issue that's on the table that's, that's not being addressed sufficiently? Um, we figure it out as we go. That's, that's the only answer because, because that's the only answer that leads us to dependence on Jesus in prayer. That's the only answer that takes us to submit to him and say, we're trying to follow you. We don't know where to go. We are not experts. We are your little children. And we don't know what to do right now, but you do. And so would you lead us? And again, that's why we talk about Thursday prayer so much is because we've got to be together. Like we've got to be hearing from him together. We've got to learn to submit to him, not just individually, but together so that he can lead us. Um, the Lord is, uh, was talking to me a lot this week about um, limits and calling because, uh, again, as we grow, um, it's changing things for me. And as I grow into an old man, 
um, that's changing things for me too. So, you know, this week I had several conversations where people were disappointed in me, um, handled it beautifully, but at the end of the day, that's what was coming. Um, and, and then I, it, that alerted me to like, oh, there's people that I'm disappointed in as well. And, and responding to this disappointment on this end was making me rethink how I was taking what I was doing with my disappointment going in the other direction. And, and really the Lord just used all of this to sit me down and say, hey, you have limits. And you, you are going to disappoint people. And you also are very proud. <laughs> and you don't think that you're gonna disappoint anybody because you think that you can do all this. But this is not gonna happen. This is not gonna go well. And so what do you do with that? And so it's just, it turns me back to call, the question of calling. You know, one of the things that um, just, if I'm honest, just really kills me about uh, the growth of our church and seeing so many new faces is that I'm not gonna be able to know all those people. I hate that. Um, But also that's reality. And that's part of the reality pill that I was swallowing this week is, okay, if that's true, if my capacity is staying the same while we are growing, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for these people that want to connect? And the Lord's like, hey, how about that passage you're preaching on this week? You want to look at that? Um, I've got some answers for you. But also I was thinking about, um, you know, we had our party Friday night, the fall party, and it was a blast. It was great. But also, like, something was changing in me. I was like, bro, you are old. Like, you don't need... <laughs> you're, the way that you're engaging with this is changing because you're just an old, old man now. I was just hobbling around the pool, just talking to people. <laughs> but seriously, I'm in great shape. But seriously... Um, <laughs> That really was a thing for me of like, uh, I feel like the Lord was speaking to me of like, hey, um, you are, the way that you lead in all these ways, the way that you engage with people in all these ways is going to change because of many factors, because of your age, because of your stage of life, because of uh, the amount of people that are coming, because of the needs in the community at this moment, because of a million things. Like, it's just always in flux. There's always going to be growing pains. There's always going to be change as the gospel goes out and bears fruit. And so what do we do with that? And so uh, the apostles say, because it's not right for us to personally handle this, um, brothers, you pick out from among you seven men of good repute, We say that all the time, talk about people's reputes. Full of the spirit, full of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this work. So they're saying, like, we're not ignoring this. We are gonna handle this. But we are gonna handle it in a way that allows us to stay committed to the things that we are called to and live within our limits. And the way that we're gonna handle it is actually through you. Um, you need to go choose seven men with these qualifications. And the qualifications that they gave are are beautiful, and these are great qualifications for us to aspire to, Um, is that they had a good reputation. That means that they were in the community enough for people to know them. Like, they love these people. They're not just people who just popped in. 
They're not experts from the outside. There are people within this community who people knew who they were doing life with people. And they were men who were full of the Holy Spirit. Like if we're on God's mission and it's his power and his guidance and his leadership, that is qualification number one. I've gotta submit myself to him and, and be able to hear from him and be led by him. So like that's absolutely necessary. And then this last one that they're full of wisdom, that they actually, God has, I mean, that's the body of Christ. Like God has given each of us different life experiences, different gifts, different trainings. And none of us are gonna be experts at everything. And so part of what they're saying is you need to go find men who have the administrative gifts, the leadership gifts, the uh, financial wherewithal, and, and the character to handle this stuff, and the passion. Like you need to go find the people who, who like this is speaking to them and they're like, I need to serve in this way. And again, um, embracing limits, like when the apostles embrace their limits here and their calling, this leads to freedom for them and flourishing for them because they're gonna move and groove in the things that God's called them to do. But it's also gonna lead to freedom and flourishing for this whole community. The freedom of I don't have to do everything. And I hope you guys know that, that when we say from up front, like we need more X, Y, or Z, we need more Kittown Shepherds and we're gonna pray for that. Um, that is not everything that we, all the needs that we share doesn't mean that you personally have to go meet those needs. I hope you know that. Um, but it does mean that we need to be praying for that and that the Lord is gonna meet those needs and he might be calling me. And, and I need to pay attention to what he's doing in me to say, oh, actually, I think I might be the person that needs to raise my hand for that one. Um, but that brings freedom and flourishing is that people are gonna move into their gifts and the, the community, our community is gonna flourish because we're sufficiently meeting needs that we weren't sufficiently meeting before. These new people stepped up and are exercising their gifts. And then they just double down and they say, you know, we're gonna do this and, and we need y'all to, to step in in this way, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That word devote just means to stay close to. Like, like we just, we know that this is where we're supposed to be. Devoting ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word in this way. They were free to do this because they were devoted to prayer and the ministry of the word already. They were, they were walking with God in such a way that they were hearing him. He was leading them. He was doing amazing things in their midst and through them. They were so sure uh, that he was leading them that they were not afraid of the, uh, the people's re reaction to them. And that was convicting for me too because I thought, you know what? If I'm honest, there's a lot of, lot of times where when things get hectic um, or I get anxious about something, my time alone with the Lord in prayer is like the first thing that goes. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of fear and pride right there. Um, I'm afraid of what's gonna happen if I don't touch everything and answer every email and do everything that everybody is asking me to do for them. And I'm, I'm proud enough to think that I'm the answer, that I'm, they need my knowledge, they need my whatever. Um, and like what I'm just, just totally uh, shutting out the reality that like the Lord is active in the same Holy Spirit 
that is speaking to them and leading them here is the exact same Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that's speaking to us and leading us. So like what Midtown West needs is not more me. What Midtown West needs is more of the Holy Spirit and me to be tuned in like a little antenna that's hearing from him and, and moving and grooving the best I can in response to that. And the same is true for all of y'all. It's not just me. The world doesn't need more you. I mean, look at yourself. I'm just kidding. The, you're great. The, <laughs> come on, guys. Joke, joke, joke. Um, the world needs us to be vessels that are open to receive from him so that we can be his hands and feet and his heart and his mouth. And I can't do that when I'm just stacked to the gills with, um, with my own stuff and my own work and I don't know where I'm supposed to be spending my time. And it says, what they said pleased the whole gathering. Wow, that's awesome. It pleased everybody. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose seven men from among them, basically. Um, and that just made me think when I read that, are we able to be pleased? Like when we have conflict, when we have issues that come up, and, and it's getting handled in a certain way, are we capable being pleased. Um, to be pleased is not, as a community, is not possible if we don't have unity in heart and mind. If we're not on the same page with what our mission is and what our priorities are, then it's not going to be possible for us to be pleased together when we see God answering our, meeting our needs and answering prayers. This is something that's, that's the fruit of the spirit that's born in community prayer and community worship and relationships with each other. Um, to be pleased at this isn't gonna be possible if there's not individual life transformation in the spirit. If, if we are not allowing the Lord to change us and, he, and he's not making us more patient with each other and more gentle and more loving and more self-controlled, then, then this collective... Uh, thumbs up is, is not going to be possible. And uh, have a, a willingness to submit to him and serve and be on this mission and be led by him, then that collective thumbs up is not going to be possible either. And so um, also just want to point out, um, look, at, look at who they chose. The people, the men that got chosen for this were all Greek. All their names are Greek. So it's like the, the people who felt the need, the people who were passionate about this need, um, these might have even been some of the same people that brought the complaint. Like this needs to happen. So remember that when the Lord's putting something on your heart, I think this is like such a, a very, very important lesson for us as a community. When you've got, when you feel like the Lord's putting something on your heart that something is not right, um, the natural inclination is to think immediate like judgment on the community. You know what? This is not right. That's bad. But it's like, no, no, remember, you're a part of the community. And remember that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. So, so it's, it's thinking like, man, I see a need that not everybody else seems to see. And I'm passionate about that need in a way that other people don't seem to be passionate about. Not always, but maybe that is the Lord putting that on your heart to say, 
you're the answer. Maybe not you by yourself, but you gathering some people around you are the way that I'm gonna meet this need that's not sufficiently being met right now. So then it says that they brought these men, the disciples prayed for them, laid their hands on them. This is not just ceremony, this is the recognition that Jesus is leading them. Um, and Jesus is our example in how we can rest in our calling and our limits on this adventure with him. Uh, this passage made me think about Jesus in the garden before the cross. Um, he was with some of his disciples in the garden of Gethsemane, this, this place where he would go to pray regularly. And this is on the night that he was gonna be um, betrayed and given over uh, to those who would beat him and, and lead him to the cross. And it says that he was in the garden praying. He was devoting himself to prayer and the ministry of the word. And it's easy to hear the ministry of the word and just think intellectual, but, but y'all, the ministry of the word was this man being broken. The ministry of the word was this man taking all of the, the depths of the darkness of humanity into his soul so that you and I could be free. And so Jesus is our example and he is our power. He is our way to, he embraced his limits and his calling beautifully and perfectly. He, dis, he disappointed people left and right all throughout his life. There were a lot of people that wanted him to go to the cross a lot sooner than he did. A lot of people that didn't want him to go ever. But he wasn't listening to them, he was listening to his father. And then what I love about this passage is the bookends of verse one and verse seven. On both ends, the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. The gospel is bearing fruit before this issue during this issue, after this issue, throughout all of human history until we get to Nashville 2022, and it is bearing fruit now, and it will continue to bear fruit, and you and I, we collectively, will encounter many issues together, and the enemy will try to divide us as we encounter all of those issues. But guess what? Thank God I'm not leading us, Nick, Andrew, we're not we're not being led by any person or group of people, we're being led by the Holy Spirit. And he will lead us through those issues, he will meet our needs, and the gospel will continue to bear fruit. So today we get to celebrate um, and, and, and partake of this in a tangible way as we go to the table. As we go to the table, it, it informs us of how we live. Um, we have a savior who has done everything and given everything, we don't have to do everything. We are free to be little and live within our limits and follow him in the callings that he's given each of us. And we come to this table together. It reminds us that we are part of a community, part of a family. And when we come, we kneel because we say, we're submitting to you. We don't know the way. We don't know everything. We're not experts, but you know and you're leading us. And as we take the bread and the, and the cup, this is a foretaste of, of the freedom and the life that he has bought for us in giving himself up. Um, it says on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he was with his disciples and they were, they were having the Passover meal and it says that he broke the bread and he said, this is a picture, this is my body that's broken for you. I'm about to go to the cross and be broken for you to nourish you and give you life. 
you need this. <laughs> but I want you to eat this meal in remembrance of me, uh, me being broken for you. And then he gives them the cup and he says, this wine is poured out. Um, the Bible talks a lot about the cup of God's wrath that the, his enemies will drink. And Jesus is saying, when you drink this cup, you're no longer drinking the cup of God's wrath. That's not what waits for you. This is a foretaste of the cup of celebration of the wedding feast because I've, I've drank the cup of God's wrath so that you can be free. And so this table is for everyone. This table is for every single person in the world who knows that they are a sinner in need of God's grace and who knows that Jesus is their only hope. Jesus is their only savior. It's not for people that have it all together. It's not for people who can do it all. It's for people who know they're weak and that he is strong. And so come to this table and taste and see that the Lord is good and that he loves you very, very much. And when you come, just kneel. Um, we will give you the elements. Um, if you wanna ask for prayer, uh, we would love to, to pray with you and pray for you. Um, but yeah, come when you're ready. Taste and see that the Lord loves you.